Thanks for joining us here at Ironbridge Church. We are based out of Chester, Virginia, and our desire is to see everyone in our online and local community experience what it means to know real life and real love. If you have any questions or would like to learn more about us, you can always check us out online at ironbridge.org. And we would love for you to stay connected throughout your week with the Ironbridge Church app. You can download our app for free by searching Ironbridge Church in the App Store or on Google Play. In just a moment, you'll be hearing from our senior pastor, Gary Three. If you would like to access an archive of other messages from Ironbridge Church, where you can search by speaker or topic, be sure to check out ironbridge.org forward slash sermons. And as always, join us on Facebook Live at facebook.com forward slash Ironbridge Church. I saw a post, maybe you did too, that said this week, Starts off with time change Sunday. There's a full moon and Friday the 13th. Isn't it a good time to worship? Isn't it a good time to renew and be renewed in the Lord? And, and I think it's a great time to be obedient. It's always a good time to be obedient to the Lord and to honor him. And uh, today, as we're looking at Jesus teaching about praying, and our cry is, Lord, teach us to pray. And obedience is a key element in that. Last week, we looked at relationship, and that's so uh, very, very important. And, and then today we come to obedience. And, you know, this is right at the heart of, of real prayer. We've got to make sure we understand the difference between prayer and magic. In magic, you say the right words to get whoever to do what you want them to do. But in prayer, we submit ourselves to the Lord and to his will in faith and in obedience. And, and uh, if we're giving God orders through prayer, he's going to make sure we get disappointed real, real quick. Uh, but we're learning. And, and even how many times have we prayed the wrong way or prayed, you know, I mean, we're, we have such potential for messing things up. But he's gracious and he wants us to pray. And he wants us to know him through prayer and to grow in him through prayer. And he's going to talk to us today as he has already spoken to us in his word from, from Matthew uh, chapter 6. And uh, last week we, we looked uh, together at uh, the first part in, in verse 9 where it said, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And today we're looking at the next phrase, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so we're thinking today first about obedience with a kingdom focus. And that's a not-so-subtle distinction 
and uh, distinctive difference from our normal um, attitude about prayer. He said, pray your kingdom come. And uh, it, it's, it's a huge prayer. <laughs> it's big. And yet, we understand this. When Jesus came, the kingdom of God came. And Jesus said, the kingdom of God has come near to you. In Jesus, fully God, fully man, the prophesied Messiah came, and the kingdom of God came among us. And this is one of the powerful interpretive principles of the New Testament. The kingdom has already come in Jesus, but it has not yet been fully manifested. Already not yet. If you can learn that, you'd not only pass a test in, in the New Testament survey, but it would, would help us a lot of going from here to there in his kingdom and, and knowing him better. It's already come. but it has not yet been fully manifested. I think in our own lives, it's hard for him to break through up here. It's tight. Um, you know, we got a guy praying up there. <laughs> if the Lord can teach us guys to pray, oh my. Uh, they used to, I don't know if we still use the word knucklehead, knucklehead. We guys are knuckleheads. I think it's somebody had to pop you on the head with a knuckle. And we're doing the knuckle fist pump this morning. Let that be teaching men to pray right here. But see, Jesus has come. When we know Jesus by faith, we allow him. Seems terrible. Allow the King of kings and Lord of lords to be Lord of our life. But, but he doesn't break down that door totally, okay? Sometimes it seems like he is. But we open the door. He said, I stand at the door and knock. We welcome him in. He totally changes us from the inside out. He fits us for eternity. Now, this world fits us for this world, but we're not going to stay here that long. He equips us for eternity, and we're looking for his kingdom to come in manifestation and, and power. Um, in Philippians 4, 6, it says, At the name of Jesus, every knee will bow, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. That's what we look forward to. That hasn't happened yet for the whole world. It is coming. His kingdom is coming. And we pray for his kingdom to come. You see, we, we find out in Jesus, when we've been born again, accepted Christ by faith, trusting in Jesus Christ alone for our eternal salvation, we're part of something much larger than ourselves, and we should act like it. Um, 
I was born in Monroe, North Carolina. I was born again in Marshville, North Carolina. But I got to get over Monroe and Marshville. And, and uh, I was born into a, a wonderful family. And that family taught me about Jesus. And, and I, I grew up in, in a good time. And, um, but I was made for more than that. I love all that stuff. Golly, I love it. But I know in Jesus... I'm made for more than having my name on a tombstone in that community. That's just the earthly part of me. Who I am, the born-again me, is made for much more than that. But this is a big temptation. And I think the reason it's a big temptation is we don't pray the way we should. We don't pray, your kingdom come, your will be done like we should. And you know what we do? We substitute a local church for the kingdom of God. It's amazing. And it's subtle or subtle. <laughs> it's subtle. But what happens? We come to Jesus. We're born again. We have eternity in our hearts. We're new creations in Jesus Christ. And we dumb ourselves down to be a religious club to be a Christianized synagogue. Jesus didn't come for that. He came to give us so much more. And, and what we do here that we call church only fine-tunes us and helps us grow in his kingdom. And, and one reason we stop growing, I, said, I heard a friend say it this way, it's easy to feel like a big dog if you keep your house small enough. You can feel like a huge dog if your house is real small. And I think that because it's so much more than we can do by ourselves, we make the house smaller. They've studied this in most churches, most churches. It's nickels and noses. It's they only get concerned if something happens with the money or the attendance. These are born-again people. These are what I call B-sippers, backslidden in place. Because if you backslide, you can control your little world. But if you stay in the Lord Jesus Christ, growing in him, walking in him, letting him change you, uh, learning what he has to show you, you quickly outgrow that. But we must have this, but this must be kingdom-focused. And that's the, the neat thing, because sometimes we, we make it so small that you can sleepwalk through it. But that's not what he came for. He came to show us the kingdom so we're obedient with a kingdom focus. We're obedient to his will. And this is another critical factor, to his will. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Now, when we come to Jesus, 
we have what is called an old nature, the way we've learned to relate to God before we came to Jesus Christ. And, and we call that the old nature. And the old nature prays this prayer. My kingdom come, my will be done on earth. We just leave heaven out of the picture. My kingdom come. Until you come to Jesus, your prayer is my kingdom come. My prayer was my kingdom come, my will be done. I want my way all the time in every situation in life. We get married acting like that. We have children acting like that. Boy, if getting married doesn't tell you that's not true, children certainly will. Because we've got it all set up by then, our kingdom, everything going the way we want it to, and they can really change that picture. But our own nature, prayer is, my kingdom come, my will be done. And then what I call, uh, what happens, the danger to us, is what I call the revised standard perversion of this. Your kingdom come, my will be done. That sounds better because we don't say the last part. <laughs> we say, your kingdom come, but in our hearts, my will be done. I'm going to do what I want to do, and we learn how to do it and make it look good. I'm all for your kingdom, except when it comes down to doing hardly anything just for it. I'll do things that help me. I'll do things that make me look good, but just for his kingdom and that I'm alive in his kingdom, walking with the king of kings and lord of lords and dwelt by his Holy Spirit. We don't go there. And, but let's look at, at, thankfully, the new nature prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done. That's the way Jesus taught it. And when we pray it that way, we are living out who we are in Jesus. We're living out our lives as new creations in Jesus Christ. I am most happy when I'm doing his will. Long-term goals, eternal goals. I am most happy. I'm made for eternity. And, and we tend to to slide back to your kingdom come, my will be done, or even back if we really to pray honestly, we would pray my kingdom come, my will be done because that's the way we live. And he's given us his word. He's given us people, our brothers and sisters in Christ. He's given us his Holy Spirit. He gives us assignments to complete, we must trust in him. We must hold on to him. We must keep our eyes on him. And yet we still go back to our will being done. Remember what I said about the difference between magic and prayer? Magic lends itself to my will be done. It, it would be far easier to teach people magic, if you believed it, than prayer. Because teaching them to do something that they're already doing and don't need any change to continue doing that, but be reaffirmed 
in going in the wrong direction is not hard at all. But there's a part of our walk in Jesus. And again, remember, God is so gracious to us, so forgiving. Uh, you know, our favorite verse as believers is 1 John 1, 9. If we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us of all unrighteousness. That ought to be our most used verse that keeps us in fellowship with the Lord. And, and we may be, this is something, I, the devil may be whispering in your ear. He said, see, it's something you can't do. It's something other people do, either weird people or perfect people or something. No, 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 no. In Jesus, you were born for this. This is what makes you most happy. Being in his kingdom is what makes you most happy. And, and we're designed for that, and he teaches us about that. Jesus is our perfect model, our perfect illustration. Look at his prayer in Gethsemane. You see, we, we can't keep our eyes off Jesus. He corrects us. He shows us. And he lived his life, and the, the Bible says he had the spirit without measure, no limitation. He lived a spirit filled life right out in front of us and yet doing what he was supposed to do brought him to Gethsemane and and brought him to tears and sweat drops of blood in a garden by himself and he showed us how to deal with situations like that and he said, yet not as I will, but as you will. He said, Father, if it be possible, this cup pass from me. Let it be, but not, not as I will, but as you will. That's powerful, powerful. Let's pray that in our heart of hearts, in our walk with the Lord, that prayer is echoed in our lives because we're most happy when that's truly our prayer. Something happened a few weeks ago to somebody you don't know. Um, someone I did not know very well, but there was a young man in Addis Ababa, Ethiopia. And uh, he, the church I used to pastor there, he came after I left, but they show their services online, and I heard this young man preaching one day, and I thought, wow, wow. I was so impressed with him. And then a year later, I was over there, and by this time, he had opened up a, a, a coffee shop across the road that had been from the church. It had been a high-end grocery store when we were there. But he opened this place up, and I began to hear about all the wonderful things that 
he was doing. And, and I found out why his name seemed familiar to me, because his parents had been missionaries there when we were there back in the mid-90s. And his father um, was taking a trip to Kenya after we left, and the plane was hijacked. And it went down in sight of the Seychelles Island. And, uh, and his father, Andy, was, was killed on that plane. And uh, I heard later Caleb sharing the story after there was this terrible plane crash in Ethiopia last year. Caleb shared that his dad was on that plane. And when they realized it was going down, and he stood up and asked if anyone wanted to receive Jesus as their Savior. And there was a stewardess uh, that accepted Jesus Christ, and she survived the crash. His dad didn't, and she told him about that, and he was sharing it. But uh, a couple weeks ago, Caleb was flying back to London, and he forgot his um, phone, took a taxi. When he was taking the taxi, tremendous accident. And uh, he had traumatic brain injury. And we were praying so hard. Everybody was praying. We just knew that, that he was going to survive this somehow. Now, he was, he was hurt bad. And he was in Ethiopia. And everybody prayed. And it was not God's will to heal him. Um, and whoo, such things are hard to take, aren't they? They're really hard. But we grow in our faith, just as Jesus showed us faithfulness in that circumstance. And, and, and we know God is working. God is doing something else and, and is doing it and will do it in a powerful way. And I think about Caleb, all of the young people he influenced. He was 31, 31 years. Check him out online, Caleb Meekins, M-E-A-K-I-N-S. Amazing young man. His mother was Ethiopian. His father was British. And, um, but God will use him. God will use him. But this is one of our things. So usually you don't hear about prayers unless they have the wanted ending. And they are going to have the most wanted ending at some point and some time because God is going to be glorified. But we want his will done, even if it's not my will and your will. And we grow in that. Now, something else about obedience it reveals our love. Jesus said, if you love me, you will obey what I command. Golly. Lord, I feel good feelings toward you. Do what I want you to do. Pray, your kingdom come, your will be done. Turn the other cheek. When we're doing what our Lord wants us to do, it is an expression of love. We're not doing it to earn our salvation. It is an expression 
of our commitment to love him and follow him and be willing to do whatever he wants us to do as long as he wants us to do it and allows us to do it. And so when we pray, we're showing our love to him because he asked us to pray. He not only taught his disciples to pray, he teaches us to pray, but, but Paul, writing in, in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, he says, Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Is prayer important in our daily life? Yes. I was talking about this week. Um, and I mentioned earlier the uh, flu, uh, the corona, novel coronavirus uh, hysteria in the world. And uh, one of the favorite, favorite passages, Philippians 3.10, that says, Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, with prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God. I was, I was watching this on the news, and, and I heard last night two people, two elderly people in Florida died of coronavirus. Do you know how many people in Virginia have died from the flu this year? 773 up to the end of February. One of our members said he had gone to 10 funerals <laughs> this year in, in 2020. And 9,354 cases of flu in Virginia since September until in. <laughs> we're at, at, at Basically, you know, we're doing the fist pump thing on shaking hands. Now, the point is, we just need to keep doing good things, okay? Don't let anxiety scare you because this stuff is no worse, not as bad, probably will turn out as the flu that we've been dealing with the whole time. And, uh, and don't, let it, don't let anxiety take over your life. Now, I did buy more Lysol wipes than I really needed yesterday. So it's real with us. I mean, it could, it could. But let's let our anxiety lead us to prayer. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, pray. Let your requests be made known unto God, because it reveals our love to God when we pray. And it calms our souls. We need to pray so much more. And one reason we know we need to pray so much more is we can manufacture anxiety even when it's not warranted. And then we find out, gosh, it's worse than I thought. <laughs> you know? And uh, uh, so we need to pray. We need to pray. Luke 18.1, Jesus said, he told a story about a, a, a widow lady who would have been someone with almost no standing in the courts in those days, went to a judge and kept begging for justice. And finally, the judge, the unjust judge said, oh, I'm going to help let you get what you want because you're going to wear me out. And Jesus said, how much more? 
will your Father in heaven give good things to those who ask him? And he said this. He told his disciples a parable to show them they should always pray and not give up. Always pray and not give up. It reveals our love because the one who loves our souls, the one who died for us, who we get to be a part of his resurrection by faith in Jesus Christ, and and we look forward to, to heaven. We look forward to the kingdom being fully manifest and to be a part of that, and our prayers show our anticipation of this. And, and, and shows our love to him. And then lastly, obedience is a taste of heaven on earth. <laughs> we thought that's Disneyland, didn't we? We thought, we thought that was uh, taking that vacation, you know. We thought that was all the, no, 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 no. Obedience in prayer is a taste of heaven on earth. Jesus said, to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Revelation 22, 3 says this, No longer will there be any curse. The throne of God and of the Lamb will be in the city, and his servants will serve him. His servants will us. You know, we were talking about shaped for serving. We had a sign out here. Why it's so wise to learn how to serve the Lord is because that's heaven on earth to serve him because we're getting ready. One day, we won't have a body that worries about the flu or novel viruses. One day, uh, we we will know the Lord fully as we are known. One day, we'll be with him and, and what we're going to be doing, we're not just going to be sitting on a cloud for eternity. We're going to be serving him, doing things that we're equipped to do. And that's what we're doing here. This brought me to this point. When we're obedient, we answer the Lord's prayer. And we prepare for the future. When we're obedient, we get to be the answer to the prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. When I do what the Lord wants me to do, I'm putting myself out as the answer to the very prayer that I'm praying. And you see, that's integrity. That's integrity right there. We're actually living out. However haltingly we do it, however imperfectly we do it now, We are the answer to the prayer we're praying, and we know we're honoring God when we do that. Would you stand and bow your heads for a moment of prayer? Dear Lord, we we stand in your presence here today thanking you for prayer, thanking you that we can obediently do those things you ask us to do, And you showing us by your revelation that the more we do that, the better our lives are and our experience of you grows and we learn more and we're preparing for eternity by having hearts that just want to do your will. And we honor you by praying constantly, by by not losing heart, by not 
stopping praying, but by letting our hearts open up to you. Lord, thank you for speaking to us today. And Lord, help us to, to answer these prayers. Answer, your pra- answer our prayers as we commit to do your will, to be your kind of people. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. As a church, we consider it an honor to play a small part in your journey of discovering real life and real love. And no matter where you are on your journey, we want to be there to help you take the next step. To find out what your next steps could be in your relationship with Christ, all you have to do is go to ironbridge.org forward slash next.